Ready? Rock, Rock paper, paper, scissors. Okay. Scissors cut paper. I'm Ben Clemens. I'm Liz Landau. And this is Pod, Pod Paper scissors. scissors. You gotta make decisions. Will you cooperate or defect? You gotta make decisions. Okay, Liz. I guess I'll start off. Uh, in fact, I'll, I'll ask you, have you ever been on a cruise? You know, Ben, I've actually never been on a cruise. It's never really appealed to me. I just never thought I would have that much fun being trapped on a boat with a thousand strangers that I might not get along with. But, you know, there is one cruise that I would love to try out. Okay, how, how were you sold? This is called Joko Cruise Crazy. Uh, so that that's, um, let me guess, the, the Jocular Corp. Is that, is that? Not quite. Joko is one of my favorite musicians, Jonathan Colton of Code Monkey fame. Wait, he, he did some other things, right? He's also on an NPR game show, and he wrote the theme song for the video game Portal. Oh, that must have made him enough money to... Uh... By a cruise, I guess. Well, what's really awesome is that the Joko cruise is, in its essence, the same as any other cruise. In fact, the first Joko cruises were just part of a normal cruise. It was just that this contingent of people could have their own activities. And that contingent of people are the geeks. The Geeks. The Geeks, of which I am definitely one. So Joko and his friends, who are Paul and Storm and other fun geek musicians and comedians and other kinds of entertainers, they all host activities every night for the geeks on the cruise, like board games and karaoke and concerts. And so if you go, you're guaranteed to talk to people who have similar interests. So, Ben, it's actually gotten so popular that now the Joko Cruise people take over an entire ship. Like, because they kept selling out, they now actually can take over an entire Carnival Cruise ship. Mm -hmm. And it's all geeks. Yeah. But fundamentally, you're on a cruise. Yeah, you're either going to... Caribbean islands or places on the Mexican western coast and you're getting expensive drinks and there are pools there it is the same ship that anyone else on the same cruise would be enjoying it's just that you get your own tribe if you will okay so what you're saying is that there are actually two factors involved in deciding whether to go on a cruise there's first what what the tourism literature calls the taste type so you have to actually want to be have interest in being on the boat and going to these ports of call and competing with all of your fellow tourists once you get there and so on. And then there's the uh, what the literature calls the crowding type. And crowding type is kind of a kind of a misnomer because it's not about like oh I really want to be at spring break where I'm pressed against by the massive crowds or I want to be alone on the beach with no crowds. It's about more like the crowd that you talk about in high school. Like, you know, do I want to be with the geeks? Do I want to be with middle-class folks with families? 
And wh- so what's interesting about your situation, Liz, is that people decided, like, these people could have taken a cruise any day, of the, any day of the year, right? But they chose not to. Right. They could have been on any cruise. There, there are thousands of cruises that depart every year. And, you know, the, the non-geeks, I presume there isn't, like, at the door, there isn't a password or you don't have, they're not like, well, you've got to roll more than a seven on a 1D20 before we let you on the boat, right? So anybody could be taking that cruise. You don't have to be a geek. But did I tell you about Bats Day? It kind of, this kind of reminds me of Bats Day. The Disneyland runs this. So, uh, wait, is that a day where they let all the bats come in and fly around? Only metaphorically. They, uh, they let all the goths in. The goth? Yes, there's a goth night at Disneyland. Wait, what's a goth again? I mean, like most subcultures, I mean, it's it's sort of a set of norms about being morose and talking about death too much. And, uh, you know, sort of media consumed. I I mean, you already have an image of goth dress. It's like a lot of black. Shoot for some eyeliner. Dye your hair black. Even even if it's already black, dye your hair black. A good set of music. Do you know uh, Rainer Maria Rilke? The Bohemian Poet? Yeah, that one, whose full name, by the way, is René Carl Wilhelm Johann Josef Maria Rilke. That's a lot of names. It is. And, you know, he, he gets cooler with every name. I don't know. But, you know, if you were a proper goth, you'd be like, oh, yeah, Rilke, we go way back. You know, you know, there, there are certain musical genres. And he, some of them are like depressing, sad goth. And then there's also like hardcore metal goth. But, yeah, the point is, in that list of media, you don't have Disney princesses. It's sort of antithetical. And, you know, part of Gotham is a disdain for, you know, sort of mainstream culture. Wait, so you're saying if I were a goth, I would not enjoy The Little Mermaid? Maybe you would, but you wouldn't tell anyone about it. I mean, look at Ursula. She's wearing a goth dress. Yeah, and she's the bad guy. Poor unfortunate souls. Poor unfortunate souls. But yeah, it's kind of like the Joko Cruise that Disneyland created this option. I, I don't know if it was Disneyland or a, an outside organizer, but they got together. They created this option where you you had the choice to segregate. If you show up at Bats Day, that means, yeah, you are actually enjoying Disneyland. You want to be on the teacup ride, even if, even if it's ironically. On the taste type side, yeah, you know, the goths who show up are exactly in line with, you know, the average middle-class families and their two kids that show up every other day of the week. And everybody has that option, right? Like, you could you could bring your, your two kids dressed up as the Little little Mermaid and, I don't know, Cinderella to Bats Night. Why not? But uh, evidently, nobody does that. And you, as a goth, could go on, I don't know, on a Wednesday. And evidently, a lot of people prefer to not do that. So on the crowding type, people really do want to segregate. I personally get the sense that people kind of deny how important crowding type is. In the Joko Cruise and at Bats Day, people had the option of segregating and, you know, they did. But normally I, th- I feel like people say, oh, you know, I happen to be at a place where everybody looks like me, but that's just because we all have the same taste type. We're all interested in the same things. And it just so happens that we, we're all in the same crowding type as well. Hey, Ben, what does crowding type mean? Perhaps it's a funny term, but yeah, th- this is a term in the literature beginning with uh, a paper off of the 
optimal taxation literature, believe it or not. So there, there are a lot of articles asking about how cities form and how people separate into different cities. So if everybody could w vote with their feet and go off to whatever city, charge the tax level they want, provide the amenities they want, and so on, you wouldn't see total separation. And the example they give is, let's say you have a dance hall, and people have the same taste in music if they're all at the same dance hall. But some people might be of the male type, and some people might be of the female type. And you kind of expect a successful dance, dance hall is going to have a mix of both. Oh, oh, this is like the silent disco I went to, where there were three different DJs, each of which was on a different channel on the headphones that you get. And you could basically pick between the oldies channel, the salsa merengue channel, and the current hits channel. So the effect was you had all of these people on one dance floor wearing these different headphones and they were dancing very differently depending on which channel they were listening to. That's pretty high tech. And it solves this solves a problem that the capitalist side of it might have that you want different tastes to show up, taste types to show up at your dance, right? And so they found a way to do that. So they came up with this term crowding type to describe the type of person you are. And that could be that could be class uh, they, they, the literature doesn't talk about race, but I feel like race has to be in there. Uh, they do talk about age. And yeah, I mean, there's some correlation between your age and your taste type, but they're, they're, they're really separate things. They're really separate things. And, you know, Bat's Day and the Joko Cruz kind of reveal that they're separate things because, you know, we have, we have people who want to be on cruises, who want to go to Disneyland, and yet somehow, given the choice to, to separate into different types, they, they jumped on it. So, Ben, what does this have to do with game theory? So the game theory of it, from the perspective of the individual, is that they're looking for an equilibrium where they are surrounded by the type they want to be around. From the, from the pro provider perspective, uh, we can be sympathetic to poor Disney, a company valued at $0.2 trillion, about how they're going to get these people to come in. Next time, we might be able to talk about this more, perhaps in terms of going beyond companies to entire countries. Let's say you're running the Tourism Bureau at Mongolia. Liz, who do you picture when you think about a tourist in Mongolia? I think of somebody who is either making some kind of pilgrimage or who is very self-driven, very motivated to have an authentic experience. No tour bus, no prearranged hotels, maybe like a backpacker. If I were running the Mongolian Tourist Bureau, that's what I don't want to hear. What you just said was, these are people who aren't spending money on tour packages. They aren't spending money on buses. They aren't spending money on... So they have this problem that they... Let's say they're, like, there seems to be an equilibrium where the crowding type, the type of person who shows up, is the backpacker. But they also want the type of person who shows up who wants to stay at the expensive resort. Well, Ben, next week... We're going to have Elizabeth Becker, author of Overbooked, to talk to us more about the history of tourism in countries like this. That's great. I really look forward to hearing about how the tourist bureaus of the world solve this problem. Meanwhile, Liz, have you been touring anywhere lately? Well, Ben, since the pandemic began, I've only been able to drive or take trains 
probably within a 300 mile radius of DC. But I did go to this place called Oxford, Maryland, which is a tiny seaside town with historic inn and jellyfish. Uh, that sounds mostly great. Okay, so it's a seaside town. So I assume that there's port and there's, I don't know, fishermen coming through. I didn't see a lot of fishermen, but I did rent a kayak. That was super fun. I got to kayak around people's mansions. So basically, you're paying for this experience of being around nautical themes, but not authentic nautical experiences. In fact, I wrote a song about it, and I got 20 of my best friends to sing it with me. Wow, that's great, Liz. Hit it. See? 